Hello, everybody, and welcome to No Middle Madness, a podcast about Texas Tech basketball. I am one of your hosts. I'm Ryan Mainville, and today we, we've got a little bit to discuss. It's been a busier news week, uh, at least compared to what we've had the last couple of weeks. Um, so that's been good. Things have been picking up a little bit. Unfortunately, it hasn't all been good news as Mac McClung decides to stay in the NBA draft, sign with an agent and pursue a professional career, but a guy that I'm really, really, really excited to talk about is Sardar Calhoun, transfer from Florida State, who decided to take his talents to Lubbock. Um, But before we get into that, I'm going to introduce my co-host, Emery Lida. Emery, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I've just been kind of keeping up with tech basketball. Obviously, it's a busy time in the basketball world between draft draft prospects solely making their decision as to whether or not they want to stay in the draft or pursue going back to college again for another year. Um, obviously, NBA has been going on, and I'm excited to talk about Tech Hoops. It's nice to see this roster continuing to take form. We're down to, I believe, only two scholarships remaining after give or take one, depending on kind of how Ethan Duncan or Avery Benson end up getting classified. But seeing Sadar Calhoun is someone that I'm really high on, excited to discuss. And I think the this week in general has been a very interesting one for Tech basketball because it's nice to kind of see Mac McClung chasing his dreams. And obviously we'll talk about that more in depth in just a second. And then on Calhoun's side, he's someone that I think Tech fans are going to really love the way he plays and what he can bring to the table. Yeah, a lot to be excited about if you're a Texas Tech fan or just a basketball fan in general. I know I've been having a good time ingesting all the content uh, with draft guys, and we're about to watch Spurs Grizzlies whenever we get out of here, and then I start work with the Knicks in about two and a half weeks. So lots of basketball stuff going on, a lot of exciting stuff, so always a good time. But the first thing we do need to touch on is Mac McClung announcing his decision to stay in the NBA draft. So this happened Monday. We are recording on Wednesday. He announced that he would not be returning to the program. Um, He told Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN, also known as Draft Express on Twitter. He said, I just felt like the timing was right for me to go all in. I looked at multiple factors and decided the best time for me to take this step was now. I feel like the NBA game and spacing is suited for my play style, and I can't wait to start this chapter of my life. I'm very blessed to be able to chase my dreams. Thought that was a good quote. Wanted to highlight that uh, here. Um, so I guess, Emery, just kind of give me your initial reaction of of how you felt whenever Mac McClung announced his decision to stay in the draft and fully commit to the professional route instead of leaving the option to return to Tech or eventually return to Texas Tech, period. Well, I think I was maybe a little bit surprised. We had always kind of gone back and forth on whether or not we thought it would be more likely for McClung to stay or to go. I think certainly the tide had seemingly shifted a little bit in the last week towards McClung, leaving between how Tech had been recruiting, which obviously that doesn't tell the whole story, but it does kind of indicate that it wasn't exactly something where you had like a Mac McClung-style primary ball handler sitting in them waiting to come back to Tech. And so I think it was maybe a little bit predictable, but I'm happy for Mac. I think it's good for him to chase his NBA dreams Obviously, we're not entirely sure how he's going to fare in the draft, and it wouldn't surprise me if he 
starts out overseas or playing in the G League, but I certainly think he's got a skill set that could be covered in in the modern NBA. I think his scoring ability is something that obviously you always want to see in a basketball player. And, I mean, he's got insane athleticism from a pure vertical standpoint. I think his speed can get underrated at times. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I've been someone that's maybe been a little bit on the critical side of Mac McClung, the basketball player, but I absolutely love this decision for him. I think it's the right one for him. And I'm excited to see how he turned out. I think that his development and how he kind of fares in the program is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I mean, we've been pretty honest and level-headed with our analysis when it comes to McClung uh, just throughout the season and heading into the offseason. I'll be honest, like I always have, I don't I don't think he'll be drafted. I'd be surprised, to say the least, if, if he heard his name get called in late July. But, I mean, you have to kind of evaluate where where NBA scouts are thinking and one of one of a big a huge factor that we see and whether that's the right or wrong thing to do is just a lot of value placed on age and the fact of the matter is we didn't see a lot change in McClung's game from Georgetown to Texas Tech um, I mean he mentioned the playmaking in in the article whenever he uh, decided to transfer from Georgetown he mentioned it again in this one with Gavoni um, so but I mean his numbers there didn't really skyrocket or change really that much at all from Georgetown to Texas Tech. Um, so really what he's going to have to do is just hope that that an NBA team will take a flyer on his age and kind of just where his game's at now and hopefully allow him to develop into an NBA player. But that that's really just our thoughts on him as an NBA prospect. But we, we need to kind of take a step back and take a look at what it means for Texas Tech. I mean, you're losing the guy who led the team in points scored last year. He was second in the Big 12 in uh, points scored during conference play. He also led the team in free throws made, and he was second in steals and three-point shots made. I guess just what kind of loss does uh, McClung leaving the program present? And I'm curious to hear how much you think it lessens Tech's chances at being successful this season or if it does at all. I think what you're losing is a reliable scoring threat as your lead guard. I think that's the role that McClung really played. I mean, he averaged over 15 points a game. There was a eight or nine-game stretch in conference season where he was easily the best player on the team and really kind of carried you to a couple wins. I mean, people look at the Texas game and kind of the crazy shot he had at the end to win the game. But I'd also throw out there the LSU game where he was able to kind of come up really big in the second half with a scoring ability. And I also think that when you have a decisive playmaker like that, obviously there have been concerns about his playmaking ability. I think that it's well documented that that's one of the reasons that he's going to have to really answer some questions to NBA scouts and teams that are looking for their next guard to draft or to bring on. But I think with that said, his ability to be a real decisive ball handler is something that doesn't come naturally to a lot of guys at the college level. I mean, you're going to have to really kind of replace his scoring and his aggressiveness. And I think, I mean, you can always talk about the theoretical efficiency of players. And I think certainly I'm one that really kind of values that. But I also think there's something to be said for McClung's pure kind of will to score. And I think that that's something that Tech is going to have to replace in some degree because as much as we love hyper-efficient guys that always make the smart basketball play, sometimes you just have to have someone that goes out and get – 
gets a bucket, and I think that's kind of the role McClung played on that Tech team. I don't think that Tech is going to have, like, someone on the team that maybe has the level of intrigue or hype around them coming into the year, but I would certainly say that there are guys that can step up and play that role for Tech, whether it be a Clarence Adolme or a Miley Wilson or someone of that nature, even a Kevin McCuller kind of going from that secondary ball handler to primary ball handler obviously Chandler Jacobs as well. All of those guys have kind of that skill set maybe to where they can bring in that primary ball handling skill and also kind of provide that scoring punch. I wouldn't say that there's any reason for concern as to how it limits Tech's success going forward. Like, it's not like you're losing a Kevin Durant-level talent where you can't replace that with one guy. And I mean that with respect to Mac McClung. But he's certainly a really good scorer, but it's also some it's a skill that you can find in quite a few people in the college game. So I feel confident that tech has the potential to replace that production and in some ways even maybe improve on it. And I think it's not a given. I'm not gonna sit here and say that taking Matt McCullen off the team will help them. I think if anything you're gonna have a void to replace, but I wouldn't say it lessens their chance of being competitive. And I'm curious to hear exactly what you have to say on this, but I'd argue that it allows you to kind of have someone else step up. And I think that's intriguing because you have so many guys that could potentially fill that role. And it's going to make it really exciting to see kind of how tech goes about and how individual players on the roster adapt their game to kind of fit that scoring need. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I don't think Texas tech has had uh, a pure ISO guard with the capabilities that McClung had since Keenan Evans. And that's not saying that McClung is as talented or as efficient as Evans was, but just, he was a guy that could really get you a bucket. I mean, you had a guy like Jarrett Culver who could do that for you, um, but he was more of a wing and kind of a forward position. Um, so, I mean, you're losing someone who was responsible for 22% of your scoring last season. So that that's a huge shot to your offense. Um, and And I know that, I, I tweeted out that he was a loss. I, I can't believe that that I got as many comments as I did about him not being a loss. I mean, that's that's just an insane take to me. I mean, don't tell me the ball stuck in his hands too much or that there were chemistry issues. I mean, that that's just crazy. Don't don't look into that stuff. The the ball stuck in everyone's hands last year. The, the offense was really really slow last year, and then the chemistry issues that, that's not for us to discuss. That 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 happens in the locker room, and and there's no substance to that when you're when you're on the outside looking in. But like what I said in that original tweet was that I, I really liked what it opened up for the rest of Tech's roster. And this is kind of where where I'm excited about is that you kind of mentioned replacing the production. And, and I think you do need to, but I think you have guys on the roster that can already do that, especially somebody that I'm really excited about is Chandler Jacobs. Now, I don't I don't know if Chandler Jacobs will will score as much as McClung did last season, but I'm really excited about his offensive game and how he can fit into the system and also what it looks like um, under Barrett Peary and kind of how he decides to control parts of the offense and then Mark Adams, how he decides to control parts of the offense. So, I mean, I don't think McClung leaving makes Tech better. Like, that. that's just an outrageous take, honestly. But I do think it gives him a chance to be different, and I think that that different could be good. And And that's not just from Jacobs, but that's from guys like like Clarence Nadolny, Davion Warren, and Miley Wilson as kind of those primary initiators. But, I mean, is there anything else you, you want to say about McClung before we get into Calhoun? I mean, I think you really kind of nailed it. As pessimistic as I've been at times on McClung's 
kind of play style and what I thought of him as a pro prospect, he was still a really good college player. And you're not going to just magically replace Mac McClung, the player. But I do think you have the opportunity to really kind of experiment, have kind of a different style to a degree. I mean, you've got some really intriguing guards on the roster. I mean, you mentioned Chandler Jacobs. I think we're both really high on him. I'm personally kind of extremely high on both Malik Wilson and um, Clarence Sedoni. I think both of those guys are going to have opportunities as primary ball handlers. I think that's kind of where we need to distinguish between losing McClung. Like, there's an impact that it's going to have. I think to say that he had no impact or hurt the team is just kind of ludicrous. I feel like it's something that Tech fans wouldn't say if, McClung was returning because I mean we went through a whole half of the season where Mac McClung was getting hyped for the Wooden Award, Big 12 Player of the Year, all of those things, one player of the week. I mean and Tech fans were right behind him fully supporting him and I feel like kind of to pull that string and pretend like he was a weakness towards the team is just I mean to me it comes off as being very reactionary. I mean you had a good tweet on this and I think in general um, like you can point out some of the flaws in McClung's game and kind of how Tech is going to look a little bit different with different guys coming in that are going to be kind of trying to replace the role that McClung played. I mean, it's going to be a different team, so to speak, with kind of a different ball handling style, different players coming in to play that role. But I think you have to kind of look at it. Like McClung was a good player for how last year turned out. And I think there were games where he certainly did not play well. There were games where everyone on the team didn't play well. There were games where he struggled with kind of being a ball hog or having the ball stick in his hands too much. But you could say that about everyone, even Kyler Edwards, as much as I like to talk about Kyler and how good he is. And I think, like, you've got to kind of recognize that and just be objective. So, I mean, I'm excited to see how McClung kind of transfers his game to the next level. I'm not really thinking he's going to stand a shot at being drafted, but I think he could certainly find himself with an opportunity in the next year or two to find his way into the league. And I think it's going to come down to how he evolves as a player and kind of how he continues to work on his game. But I think the potential certainly there. And I think on Texan, I'm excited to see how they replicate his production and kind of replace, because I think that there's the opportunity there for guys to really step up and put their own print on this team. I think Chandler Jacobs, Malik Wilson, Clarence Adonley, Davion Warren, Adonis Arms, all of those guys stand good opportunities to really kind of make a name for themselves this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I wish that fans, and this goes for like every single fan base in the entire world, like this isn't just an issue with, with, with tech fans. This is an issue with every single, at least some some parts of every single fan base in the world for any sport. But I wish that that we didn't have to diminish uh, an athlete's performance as soon as they don't do whatever we want them to do. Like this happened with, with Davi Dave Moretti, like when he missed some big free throws, everyone was like, Oh, he like, he's not clutch. What's wrong with him with Kyler Edwards when he doesn't shoot 15 shots a game. It's why is he not this great score? So I'm just not a huge fan of, of this line of thinking, especially when a player um, was pretty much as advertised um, because McClung pretty much on paper was as close to as he was at Georgetown that like he could have been while also being more efficient. So, I mean, that's it. We've, we've had plenty of conversations about this, so I don't want to go 
too too much further into it, but a guy that I do hope is as good as advertised is Sardar Calhoun. So this is a six foot six, two hundred and twenty pound wing out of Florida State. He averaged five point three points per game and one point four assists per game last season, while shooting forty two point two percent from the field and thirty nine point seven percent from deep, and just under eighty six percent from the free throw line. So I know a lot of people saw those numbers. And they freaked out. Why didn't he play more? Why didn't he shoot more? Well, he came from JUCO um, at Missouri State U- University of West Plains, where he was an All-American honorable mention, I believe. And he set multiple school records for his shooting. I, I just got to give my rundown on Cal- Calhoun real quick. So I- I'm just so excited for his game. I honestly think he is the highest ceiling of any new addition that Texas Tech has added th- this offseason. He is a remarkable player. Really, really, really good shot. I mean, if you go back and you watch his film at the Juco level, it is insane that he shot like 44, 45-something percent from deep. He was taking some crazy shots, but but this guy, he just has it. Like, he he knows how to shoot. He, he is just, man, Tech fans have been wanting a shooter for some time, and that's what Calhoun is going to be. I would be very surprised if he shoots anything below 40% next year, especially because I think he'll get to play off the ball more than he did at uh, Missouri State. So that's really exciting. Um, but I think like having him for two years is going to be really good for his development and maybe a hot take here. But I really do think that there's a path for him to end up as an NBA player. Now, I don't know if he'll he'll be drafted high. I think he'll, I think his ceiling is somewhere in the second round. Um, but I mean, he can handle the ball. I didn't really agree with, um, there was something posted from Jeff Goodman today where he kind of analyzed his transfers or his top 100 transfers. And he said that uh, Calhoun needs to work on his ball handling. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, especially for, for a wing, I would feel more than comfortable giving, giving the ball to Calhoun and kind of letting him not necessarily create or run the offense, but he does what a wing needs to do. And that's, Let's put the ball on the floor and also just uh, create some pressure for the defense by getting into the lane. He did that so well at the Juco level. And then obviously just a very, very lengthy defender. Um, He mentioned his off-ball defense. I didn't didn't see too much of that, um, but his on-ball defense is is really, really good. And I think Mark Adams has a, a massive weapon on his hands that I think is flying a little bit under the radar, but... Man, I'll tell you, everyone, it seems like a lot of people were really, really high on, on KJ Allen. And I'm kind of on the other side of that, kind of kind of tempering my expectations with Allen and, and being willing to be patient and see how he develops over the years. Um, but I guess I'm on the other side of the spectrum when it, come, when it comes to Calhoun. I mean, it seems like a lot of people are kind of worried about his minutes last year, his scoring production at Florida State. Man, give me all the stock on this guy. I'm I'm so high on what he can do for this team, on what he can do in the box score, what he can do just on rotations, on defense, how his shooting can open up things for other players. Give me all the stock. I would be very surprised if Calhoun is not a starter on this team come November. I know that's high, Emery, but kind of give me how you're feeling about Calhoun and what was your reaction to Tech landing him. Yeah, I mean, he just... He is the definition of a walking bucket. I mean, he does so many incredible things with the shooting. I mean, if you watch some of Florida State's games this past year, I mean, if you gave him any daylight, he was going to take a shot. And, I mean, you would have games where he would manage to chuck up four or five three-point shots and another couple shots at the rim. 
in only in only 15 to 20 minutes of work. And I think the first thing to do is to kind of dispel the notion that because he didn't get many minutes, he somehow can't play or he was inferior. I think, if anything, that speaks to just how good of a culture Leonard Hamilton's built at Florida State. I mean, even guys like Jonathan Isaac didn't play a lot in their year at Florida State because you really have to be engraved within the team to get a big role because they go 10, 11 guys deep at times, and they also really recruit the wings hard. So Calhoun was competing against a lot of similar size guys, which is what you're going to see at Tech. I mean, you've got a plethora of 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, wings this upcoming year. So it's going to be really something that you can kind of replicate at Tech. I don't have any real concerns about the minutes. I think his shot is absolutely elite. I mean, I didn't get to watch a ton of the Juco stuff, but when I did, I mean, his ability to create off the dribble. I mean, people's, people will see the Florida State tape, and they'll see someone that played quite a bit of off-ball minutes. I think that can kind of skew their perception of him. I mean, it is true. A lot of his three-point shots, almost all of them in ACC play at least, were off of assists and off of, kind of other people playing as primary ball handlers, but it's not like he can't go out there and create his own shot. And I think if anything, maybe his weaknesses is those on-ball opportunities he gets, he can be maybe a little bit on the over-aggressive side in terms of putting up shots that really aren't the best for the offense. I mean, I did see that a few times in both the Shuko tape and his Florida State tape. But I think, I mean, that's something you're going to have to kind of live with with someone that's just that talented. I think it speaks really highly to his ability that he has the confidence to be able to take those shots and be able to take them and still have a 40% three-point shooter as kind of his resume. Like, the fact that he's able to shoot 40% and be efficient as a whole, even taking into consideration his other shots, his shots where he's able to get to the rim and him kind of playing within the offense, it's incredible. And I think like that, for me, is a strength element. I mean, I'm also confident that if he does some of the same stuff, that Tech will try and coach it out of him to a degree, still keeping that confidence, but not necessarily being the egregiously difficult shot maker that he can be. And I think his defense is kind of difficult to gauge, I would say, because Florida State runs – kind of such a wing-heavy rotation. They put a lot of emphasis on their wings playing on-ball defense, so it's kind of hard to gauge his off-ball ability as much as you would get from a Texas Tech wing. So, like, I didn't really grade him positively or negatively as an off-ball defender, and I think on-ball, he's certainly above average, which I think continues a trend of Tech bringing in guys that are just really good on-ball defenders and kind of a mixture guys that are aggressive on-ball defenders and guys that are great positionally. I think that's where Calhoun kind of fits in. He's a really kind of good positional defender. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, which you'll see is good to have when you've got so many aggressive defenders around him. Guys are going to be able to really kind of get their hands on the passing lane, disrupt, and kind of make, make aggressive plays, havoc plays, so to speak. And I think... Calhoun's defense is something that gets overlooked because of his offensive ability. I think it just adds to his overall kind of profile. He's someone that offensively, an elite shooter, his athleticism as well is really good. I mean, he had 10 dunks this year, but I feel like he could have had a lot more, and I also think his burst is something 
he's able to get to the rim quite effectively. I haven't gotten a chance to read Jeff Goodman's piece, but seeing hearing that he's needs to work on his ball handling is a little bit odd to me because I think you kind of need to make a distinction between playmaking and ball handling. I think his playmaking certainly could use some work. He's not someone that's going to be able to really create for others at this point. But his ability to get his own shot and get to the rim is really good and really impressive. And I think his athleticism is going to translate well to the Big 12 level. So, I mean, I'm excited for him. I'm not maybe quite as high on him as you are. I think that he'll be in the mix to start. I wouldn't go as far as projecting him to start at this point simply because I think he's someone that you always have to be a little bit careful with with how his mindset is at this time in terms of he's really someone that's an aggressive shot shot taker and sometimes in the starting lineup that might fit, might not fit as well but I have a good feeling that he'll have his opportunity and I mean I think he brings even more talent to the table and that's someone you want to have guys like Sardar Calhoun on your team because he just gives you the opportunity to have an elite shot maker and someone that's also good defensively. And I think you can never have enough of those guys. Yeah, I'll say the shot selection was definitely a little bit like worrisome, but like in terms of like Juco or like lower level tape, that, that gets me excited. Like that gets me more excited than watching guys. Like he his his highlight reel from from Juco is insane. Like just dunking on everybody, doing like half court lobs, bunch of windmills. Like he's a freak athlete. That stuff doesn't really excite me. Like, like I don't really care about that because that doesn't necessarily translate always onto the floor. Like, I mean, that was kind of the hype around Mac McClung coming out of high school. And then last year, I think McClung had two dunks. Um, if I'm remembering the, the data correctly. So, I mean, I'm really about seeing what guys have, like what intangibles do they have that's going to carry over to the next level. And for Calhoun, like there's plenty of flashes of shot making of him, like taking, like he has this like sidestep, step back shot and it is just butter. Like it is such a good shot, especially for somebody who's going to be primarily a catch and shoot guy. Like for him to have that in his bag is very, very promising. Now, like you said, it does. I'm. I think it's going to be a thing that we're going to see uh, get coached out of him. Hopefully, throughout the non-conference schedule, I'm sure there will be times where he takes some crazy shots, and Mark Adams will bench him for it. And then, hopefully, by the time that Big Twelve play rolls around, he'll just be a really smart shot taker, uh, be able to kind of move within the offense, get get off ball, set screens. He he had some good flashes of like uh, like running like I think it's called floppy a floppy action where. Um, you kind of set a screen and then run on the baseline and then get into the corner. He did that a lot at Florida State, and it looked really well. Um, but, I mean, he, he's going to be a guy that, that's a 3 and D guy. Um, I'm trying to think if Texas Tech has had, like, a staple, like, that a guy that fit that archetype to a T the past couple of years. I'm really struggling to think of one right now. I'm probably just blanking on one, but... I mean, he, he's going to be a really, really good player. I'm not worried at all about his minutes at Florida State. You mentioned it. I thought that was really wise of you to mention just kind of how Leonard Hamilton runs his rotation with, like, as many guys as possible, usually all wings, and they're all really, really talented wings. Um, if you want to qualify Scotty Barnes as a wing, he was he was fourth in minutes played this this game or this season. I think it was minutes per game, actually, which is probably more significant. 
Um, and he, he's going to be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft. The dude is an incredible basketball player. Um, so I, I don't put any stock into minutes played um, really for anyone, but especially um, for a guy like this and for a guy like Adonis Arms, who had really found a good six-man role for himself at Winthrop. But, man, I'm really excited about Calhoun. Like you mentioned, maybe I'm a little bit too high, but I definitely see how he could make an impact for this team, and that's being a reliable guy to play off the ball, to catch and shoot, shoot at a 40% clip, consistently because he's proven he can do that on more difficult shots it's kind of crazy that he shot like his worst career three-point percentage last year at florida state where he was definitely taking less less difficult shots than he was at missouri state i thought that was kind of interesting but i mean lower sample size than what we had um, with him at the juco level but good perimeter defender guy that's going to make shots a guy that i trust to put the ball down and get into the paint and Man, I'm just really excited about Calhoun. I, I think he's going to be a big surprise in the Big 12. I mean, is there anything else you want to say about him? I mean, if you wanted someone that has the potential to be absolutely elite and light it up on a couple of games, Calhoun's the guy. I mean, his confidence is ne- never going to waver. I mean, even at Florida State, he had such a good role, had a lot of manufactured shots, but he also had games where he was really aggressive. And I think, I mean, he has a skill set to where when you shoot 45% from three or somewhere around that range, depending on the site you look at and the Juco level, and are able to do it despite playing his primary golf. Despite playing quite a bit as a primary ball handler and taking objectively crazy shots, I mean, the fact that he's able to make them is what really kind of gives me hope because I think that's something that you don't find every day. I mean, you have guys that are elite three-point shooters, elite off-ball shooters that maybe can't create their own difficult shots and make them. And then you also have guys that can hit those difficult shots but then struggle to really hit catch-and-shoot shots at a reliable rate. And I think Calhoun can do both, and I feel like that's something – that he brings to the table that other guys simply just can't. And I feel like he's got the opportunity attack to really play himself into a crucial role. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to be there from day one. I think there's things that he needs to work on as a player, whether it be the playmaking off the drives or his shot selection, even at Florida State, was a little bit sketchy at times. But I feel fairly confident that he can be right in the mix of someone that could easily start within a couple of games of the season. And it's going to be fascinating. He brings maybe the most intriguing skill set of any tech uh, newcomer this year, just because of his elite shooting and his athleticism. And I know you made a good point about how that doesn't often translate from the Juco level to high major basketball, but it's still fun to think about. And it's still something that he has that's, I mean, it can't hurt to have that degree of athleticism and just craziness to the game. And, I mean, I don't think he's going to be having more than 30 dunks or something this year, but certainly it's something that gives fans excitement and it's something you're always going to have to account for within a game. I mean, having a vertical threat on your team, which I think Tech has quite a few of at this point, is going to be helpful. And I think, as a whole, Calhoun's skill set is – very intriguing. I mean, I'm excited to see him. I'm 
again, not quite as high on him as you are. I think that there's some things he needs to kind of work out in his game. But, I mean, that's for Mark Adams to kind of evaluate. And, I mean, he's yet another really nice piece and another 6'6-ish wing that can create his own shot, plays good on ball defense, and can shoot well from three. And I mean, those those types of guys are the guys that Tech fans have really been wanting over the years, and I feel like you finally got a roster that's really well filled out with that. Yeah, whether he starts or not may be a little bit arbitrary. That may be just like a silly thing for me to have brought up. But what I will say, and the most important thing of all this, is that Mark Adams definitely has weapons and there is so much talent on this roster, like you mentioned. All of these switchable, versatile guys on defense. I mean, we are never going to see a defense like the 2018-19 team because that team was just built like it was like a Build-A-Bear for a basketball team. I mean, the way that team functioned and the way it played defense was just perfect, um, especially the way that the roster was assembled. But, I mean, this team... They're so lengthy that I that I think they're going to give a lot of teams trouble in the Big 12, and I'm really, really excited to see it all play out. we got about six months to sit here and think about it and project how they're going to play. Um, once that new Big 12 season comes around, it's going to be good. There's a lot, a lot of good basketball teams in the Big 12, or at least there should be for this upcoming season. So I'm excited to see it all play out. But thank you all for listening today, and we really appreciate you tuning in. Um, if you could just subscribe to us wherever you listen helps get us up on the charts and then also just leave a review wherever you listen that really helps us out a lot too and then tell a friend tell a friend to listen to no male madness because then if everyone tells a friend then we could double our views and that would be super cool and then emory and i can just build an empire where all we do is podcast all day but we genuinely do appreciate the support and tuning in so consistently um, yeah, we'll we'll be back whenever there's news. Hopefully there's some more good news, like Emery mentioned earlier. Tech does have two scholarship spots remaining. So when they fill those, we'll be back to cover those guys that, that they added. But in the meantime, y'all take care of yourselves. Be safe, be kind, and keep watching lots of good basketball.